It's quite simple, really. You just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like that. Hello and welcome everyone to another fantastic episode. I am Mitch. And I am Stefan and this is Drag Mitch to Hell, the show where I subject poor Mitch to genre movies that I love but believe he will hate. But right now we're having a little hell. I think it bears does it bear explanation i don't know we're just talking about things that we like uh it's informal i'm lazy i did no preparation things we like or dislike just things we've been oh, watching that's a good recently. point i'm equal parts lover and hater so uh yeah yeah i'll happily talk about a few things that i didn't enjoy um because everything's open to criticism so if you want to make a movie you know you gotta be ready for it baby <laughs> <laughs> Also, we're approaching Halloween, so this is going to be a horror-centric Lil Hell, um, you know, which is yes. you know, apropos. That's right. And uh, and I apologize to uh, the three people who would have listened to our last Lil Hell and remembered that Danny uh, Tony. We, we, we planned on, uh, on doing... I think the black phone and pray I mentioned, I didn't get to watch either of those movies. I have other spooky movies that I've watched, but uh, I didn't get to those. So unfortunately you're not going to hear me talk about those today. You're probably not going to hear Stefan talk about those today either. Am I, is that accurate? Uh, well, I already saw the black phone. Uh, spoiler alert. I thought it was fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, there you I have it, folks. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We can talk about it when you do eventually see it uh, sure. in, in, in no rush or, you know, whatever, watch it when you're feeling yeah. like it um i thought it was fine I, I i've already forgotten the majority of the plot uh you know <laughs> right. I, I just it, it did not resonate with me whatsoever as a viewer um okay. i thought you're gonna refer to something else from our last episode because when i had mentioned that uh this is in regards to extra if anybody's just like i haven't listened to extra because i'm a maniac and i'm just listening to, to the little hell for whatever reason uh this requires i guess like a preamble so i had mentioned that Tony is the child of the movie and Sam is the father. And I said their names should have been swapped because Tony sounds like he has bad credit or something to that effect. I don't remember what I said. It sounds like he has an old name and he's a child. And not to say uh, it feels like wildly problematic towards Italian people. I'm not saying Italian people have bad credit. I'm just saying this guy, the the Tony that's in my mind that this, this that's named after this child uh, has bad credit. Uh, but right. We had referred, I, so you mentioned that you thought of The Shining, and, and it's Danny from The Shining, and Tony is kind of like the, I'm Tony, like he's like the... Right, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I had erroneously just thought like, oh yeah, the child from The Shining, uh, but it's really Danny from The Shining. So everybody's like screaming into the wind, uh, into the ether, that like, man, this guy's a fucking moron. I recognized it after the fact when I was editing that thing, you know? I knew I was stupid, so <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't even think that uh, you... I thought you knew what I was referring to when I mentioned Tony, like The Shining, with his finger wagging. Man, um, never but... imagine I understand. <laughs> what you're about. Treat me like a child, like that knows nothing of the world. Right, the I'll really, I'll dumb it down for you uh, going forward. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm full legally blonde to. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nonstop. I'm not blonde, by the way, but uh, yeah. So here we are. Yeah, you've got. Uh, I feel like you've got a pretty hefty list of uh, of of things that you want to talk about. I've got a, a few things to chat about, and then we'll culminate in what I believe we both probably assumed we would be talking yes. about in focus would be Halloween ends. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, man, if, if, if you need any, uh, like drive to finish this episode, get to Halloween ends because I'm going to walk Mitch through my theater experience, which I've only like loosely identified <laughs> yeah. one moment, but my, like, it was wild. I can't wait way. to hear this yeah. story. Man, yeah, it's gonna be like story corner uh, before we even start talking about that film. Like, and like, man, I was like giddy with just like I was. Sometimes I just like to like I'm like into the drama a little bit, and I'm just like leaning back, and I'm like you know, you know, uh, rubbing my hands together in anticipation of like what's gonna potentially happen with this movie. <laughs> oh man, it was so much fun. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll start us off because I have a little bit more, and I'm gonna start somewhere. Uh, and it, it's my pitch to you, Mitch. And I've already tried to pitch this, and I know you have stuff that you want to watch, but I'm going to talk about from. Uh, yes. You're, you're a big fan of Lost. Yes. Correct. That is a good characterization. Okay. That's, that's a fair so, statement. Yes. Okay, cool. So this is the producers of Lost. Uh, the Russo brothers, who's, uh, I think, uh, cr- uh, uh, street cred is, is dipping after the gray man over here. But. Yep. Uh, they are um, they they work on this show. I, I'm not sure to what degree. So uh, this is the created by John Griffin and uh, the Russo brothers are involved. I think also as producers of uh, this particular show. And this definitely has lost vibes in the sense that we have a central family who are in an RV going to, like uh, it isn't established as to where they're going. They're going on vacation, but they they detour off the highway and they come across a town uh like very very odd in appearance it almost seems like it is a time capsule from the 50s uh and you know uh not the the best like the the paint is kind of like wearing off of the buildings it looks very much older and unmaintained um and as they continue past this this town they continue down the, the road and they arrive back at the town again uh, and at this point, we kind of meet very, very loosely. Um, God, what's his name? Uh, Harold Perrineau, who I loved in The Edge, uh, a movie that I will always back 150%, even though I, I think people mostly don't like it, question mark? I don't know. Uh, but anyways, he is uh, the, the sheriff of this town and, and informs them that, like, oh, no, you have to just keep going down this road and uh, you'll hit the highway and they again continue down the road and then arrive back at the town. Um, it becomes increasingly, uh, you know, there, there's more things that happen, but they quickly find themselves in this town that they cannot escape. Uh, and to make matters worse, when evening comes, things emerge from the woods. Uh, and these things look like people. Um, you could make some certain comparisons here between like, vampires uh i would definitely say like 30 days of night ask vampires to a certain degree like in terms of like how vicious they are they are not vampires though to be absolutely clear um and you have to be indoors and protected by what they refer to as a talisman which i think is one of the weaker visual components of this like i for some reason like it's a rock with some etchings on it but you have to have that suspended in front of you know your 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 door and 
you cannot let them in and you'll be safe is the is the conceit of this show uh and there's like lost a ton of great mystery elements um and i think you know this show rightly recognizes that there might be some ill will towards lost for like how it uh resolved itself and almost in like the the third episode there the question comes up like are we dead did we survive the crash like almost like is this a beetlejuice-esque situation here okay so that's not giving anything away uh because that like the 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 central family the the father uh is basically starting like a, a question board like you know like where do we get power from and and because that's an interesting thing uh, i don't want to like spoil anything because like uh, you know, how did they get power if, if like, there's some random ass, you know, town in this Bermuda Triangle-esque scenario where how did they get their food? Like, all these things are are great questions. And, you know, like, I, I've watched four episodes now and it's, like, wonderful. I, there has been, like, a bad moment. The characters are interesting. Uh, the world building elements reminds me of like when I first, when, you know, the, the walking dead, when it first came out, like the first season I enjoyed, it feels like that, uh, okay. because they, they're building a town and there's the, the town itself. And then there's people who want to live differently who are in, I believe it's called colony house, uh, which they, they're the idea behind them is that they want to live in the moment and have more fun and the town just wants to be more of like a, uh, a facsimile of life as we knew as they knew it i suppose anyways that's that's from i don't want to like ramble on too much i think it's great uh all the performances are are pretty a plus stuff um and that's uh all i have to say on that and it can be found on paramount plus is that correct yes paramount plus it's like a weird like uh man it's it's made by mgm uh which i believe now is owned by amazon but it's on paramount plus all this stuff is confusing to me i don't understand uh i i feel like the way that stuff is distributed by and large should just like collapse fully and be rebuilt from the ground up like i don't like i don't know man uh it it, but it is currently on paramount plus Um, okay well you've you've definitely sold me on it as you mentioned i'm a big lost fan and love the sort of mystery vibes and i feel like there were so many shows after loss that tried to recreate the sort of same vibe and just failed miserably Uh, and maybe it was too soon after to try and jump back into the exact same thing but i like you you mentioned 30 days of night i'm a big fan of that movie i like the sort of the monstrous vampire i know you mentioned they're not vampires but i like that sort of creature the the sexy vampires were never my thing i like the creature that's actually scary um so i'm i'm sold i'll definitely check it out Uh, um to be even more like like uh to express how like dangerous these things are uh this isn't giving i think it's in the second episode it's established but you don't really see it is that it's said that they like to torture people too like the the they're not just like like they'll just kill you like they want like pure pain as kind of like what they're they're after uh and it is it is like the way that the fourth episode ends is like wow i'm i'm like i'm my my seatbelt is done up i'm ready to go like let's hit the gas Uh, all right i'm excited yeah sweet well now i'm excited i'll definitely uh add it to my list and be checking it out solid why don't you jump into something and uh maybe i've seen it maybe i haven't we'll find out sure i'm gonna go with something that uh that you i know you have seen 
um, because you recommended it to me. And it was a bin on the last Lil Hell when we were talking about animal attacks and we got onto shark movies. You were talking about the reef stocked, which you did not recommend, but then you recommended bait. Um, you got uh, shark- right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you rewatch it since uh, we spoke? about it or did you not have an opportunity i I mentioned that i was going to try to watch it before our episode uh in between cooking i think i made it through half of the a little over half of the film i'd say and i'm happy to report our our, like man if if, uh not to give away your thoughts on it but if you disliked it anymore i think it could be like a good drag mesh to hell episode because like i still think it's great like i have fun like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think great is uh is a Sorry, little yeah. bit much yeah, for yeah. this movie yeah um i uh i i'm sure you saw my letterboxed uh review oh yeah uh, to me it was okay um i i had fun with it at times but i also felt like there were some some pretty weak uh elements to the movie that uh that were tough for me to get past uh, the the 3D thing being one of them, um, and not necessarily just because it's like clearly trying to to do the 3D uh, stuff coming at the screen or, or popping up, but just like the the VFX in general were not good. Uh, they were they were pretty rough, and so that's one thing that that takes me out of. A movie if i'm watching something and i'm like this this is not uh not looking good that's not um, it. <laughs> yeah uh, i like the general concept of the movie i think that they're you know i think there is a really good movie in there um i just felt like it was yeah like the, the characters i felt like were were pretty thin which is fine you know you don't need to have super deep characters there's just it was just a little bit odd, and to me, it it sort of teeters on the uh, legitimate good movie uh, side, and then the sort of like B movie fun because it's goofy side, which is it's tough to to balance both of those things in one film, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, like the if you didn't listen to the last episode, Bait is a, a shark movie, basically uh, where there's a, a tsunami. And this underground uh, shopping center gets flooded and the people that are trapped inside end up trapped in there with a couple of sharks that, you know, are stalking them essentially. Uh, and that's the, that's the gist. And I actually thought that it's a, it's a fun concept. Uh, there were some smart things that, that happened in the movie. Um, but uh yeah i don't know there's just some of the characters in it i felt like were a little too much like just like so ridiculous i think the one guy uh you probably know who i'm talking about he's almost like a the redneck or hillbilly character who's who's in this group who ends up like spoiler alert uh like pulling the gun and like throwing the woman in the water to try and get the shark to distract them. Just like this is so like this guy is is too much just like so over the top the character I feel like there's a way you can handle this that with a little bit more tact but but i don't know that's the thing that sort of i struggle with this movie is is this like a movie that wants to be legitimately good or is this a movie that's like look how like it's silly and fun this is i think the silly and fun uh is the ticket to be honest like that's that's my opinion 
Um, I, th- but there's like good moments in this, like the when they first start to. So when the tsunami hits, obviously there's like human wreckage, uh, and when they start to realize that there's something in the water that surrounds them, they're basically like sequestered up to the the tops of the aisles, uh, like up on top of like the you know the the frigidaires or, or what not the frigidaires, Jesus, the like uh, you know the cold lockups or whatever. And they're looking down, and they start to see like ripples in the water. Then, like one body starts to dip low, and they're like, "What? Like, what's going on here?" That's like a really good sequence to like ratchet up a little bit of uh, you know uh, suspense, I suppose, into the scene. In terms of like all the characters being one note, I think like you have to give it like some grace because it's like dealing with like here's like a whole swath of people that find them finds themselves in this one situation. So it's almost like the mist to a certain degree where it's like, you know, you, you, you might follow um, Thomas Jane and, and his, his kid as he goes into the supermarket, but then you're like, you're here are all of these other like, you know, character types that exist that, uh, that have now found themselves stuck in this place. Um, also like this, I'd rather like, uh, you might be upset about this, Mitch. I'd rather watch this than Crawl because Crawl is like too self-serious, which is funny at times, but finds a way to like eliminate some of the fun in the film with the whole like, uh, you are my strange daughter. I don't appreciate you, dad, the way that you're staying over here alone, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I... like Yeah, no, I, I'm with you as far as crawl not being as fun as it should be um because of some of that stuff it is a better uh, movie though like crawl is a better movie like just like on every level the way it's it's produced the the visual effects everything but 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 yeah i think the and again this is sort of where i i struggle with this movie because i like the mist a lot actually um but, but i feel like i have a better sense of at least the main characters in the supermarket with Thomas Jane and, and the couple people surrounding him, uh, even though there's a whole large group of people in there, at least I'm sort of in it with him where I felt like in bait, the the main character, I feel like you get very little from, uh, it's just sort of like, a Oh, my friend gets killed in the shark attack at the beginning. <laughs> and then he's just like sad. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's just like, oh, now I'm, now I'm like, uh, clearly, I'm struggling with the the death of my friend, and my life is sad. But like, he just sort of is like has a pouty face for a little bit. Yeah, um, and he lets Charney Vincent from Your Next just like go off, and she's with a new guy now. You know, I agree. It's it's all stupid. The mist is like I love, by the way. It is leaps and bounds above this, and I do agree with you. They do follow. Uh, I keep wanting to say Thomas Hayden Church, but I like it's Thomas <laughs> Jane. It's Thomas Jane, yes. uh, and uh, you, I agree it does follow him. So that's how you're tethered to this whole situation. So it doesn't really matter that like everybody else is kind of you know reduced to types, character types. You know what I mean? There, there aren't yeah. it, it, the most nuanced, but yeah. And I don't want to yeah. spend a ton of time harping on this, but I feel like this movie combines. Uh, let, let's go with the mist because similar uh, in plot and being like stuck in this place with a creature or monsters or whatever 
uh, and you're unable to escape. But it combines that, which is a very serious movie. There's not a ton of humor, from what I recall, in The Mist, especially the ending. Um, <laughs> oh, my but, God. Uh, but then it, it feels like it combines that, where it's like there are serious moments and things where it's trying to really build, like, tension. And then it combines elements from, like, a Piranha 3D. And it's like these two things don't really mesh that well. Like you, you can be one or you can be the other, but I don't feel like you can, you can give me moments where like, I'm so sad that this guy died. Also like, here's a goofy shot of something flying at the screen. Like it, it just, to me, it's, they don't mesh. And that's where I think this movie sort of fails a little bit for me. I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd, which is, you know, like a, a sort of middling review. Like there's, there's definitely some good stuff in here. I think that, there's a, a a better version of this movie someone could remake this movie and make it a little bit more serious without the sort of grief uh element or the the stuff from crawl like you mentioned where it's like oh i'm a strange relationship with my dad and blah 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 <laughs> like, it seems to be like normal they all do it for yeah. whatever reason in every one of these movies it's there's grief that parent one parent's dead and and they're having a strange relationship with this one they're trying to mend it while also fighting lions and fucking crocodiles and shit like so I think that you could. This, I think there's a really good movie in here. It just, to me, it, it fell a little bit short. It's, and in the beginning, I was definitely questioning you because the the initial sort of shark attack, three uh, <laughs> D thing. I was just like, this is fucking really. Like, did Stefan say this is legitimately good, or is this a? It's so bad, it's good. I, I was questioning, but there, <laughs> there's definitely like legitimately good stuff in this movie. It's just not a great movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh my God. The uh, the shark jumping from the water looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks awful. The tsunami looks awful. That's the other thing. Is like I, I disagree. The tsunami looks fine. I think. <laughs> keep in mind, sure, tw- fine. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Which means that it might have been filmed. You know, like who knows how long it was shelved before it was actually released. That's another consideration we have to uh, consider in terms of like. You know, VFX has grown a lot. Like, there's there's one scene where it's a wide scene, and the droplets of water are like way larger than they should be. Uh, <laughs> like, but that's also because like rendering water sucks. Like, it, it's like a difficult, hard thing to liquid simulations are are brutal, and it's hard to do them at a level that replicates the 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 level of of particle simulation as like actual water. So. Yeah. Like, but I think that you can uh, you can avoid that. Like I, I understand, but like I didn't need it. This isn't a disaster movie where I'm like having to live in the tsunami and it's scary. Like it doesn't last that long, uh, and it's really only there to show you how they end up in the situation. I think that as a director, there are there are better ways, like clever ways, that you could do this without having to to show the whole tsunami and you know like using sound as something like while they're inside and you can still you know have someone go out and look and see something coming at them but like i just feel like you don't need the big wide of the wave coming in and washing everything away because it's not that movie this isn't 2012 this isn't a roland emmerich you know disaster movie it's a you know smaller movie in scale and i just feel like i didn't need that shot and to me it the the vfx didn't help there so i think there are that's what i mean is i would change a lot about this movie and i think could make it a lot better but 
Yeah, uh, I think that's enough about bait. You, you, there's been like ten minutes of it talking about this shark movie. I mean, I could keep going. In fact, let's do this. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you want me? To, do you want me to move on to something else? As yeah, I, as let's move on to to the next thing. All right, cool. Um, you talked about something that you didn't enjoy, so I'm going to quickly talk about two things that I didn't enjoy. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, uh, you you haven't seen either of these, and these aren't going to be uh, reviews that entice you to check them out. So uh, the first is My Best Friend's Exorcism. Uh, this is a book by Grady. Or it's, sorry, it's based on a book by Grady Hendrix, which I actually quite enjoyed. And like I, I, the majority of his books, I find like easy reads that are a ton of fun. And uh, I, I this book was like my my jumping off point to Grady Hendrix and it holds a special place in my heart. I quite enjoy it. So uh, I was surprised to see this appear on Amazon prime with no fanfare whatsoever. I wasn't aware that this was being made. Um, like I, I, here's another book called horror story that I would personally love to, to make if I ever had like, you know, the opportunity to do that. I thought like that's, that's a wonderful book. But this one I wasn't even aware was being developed uh, and, you know, super surprised to see it come up. And we watched it while we we're having like a, uh, a a backyard movie night with our, our buddies. And uh, we started off with Idle Hands, which I hadn't seen in like uh, I messaged you. I was like, have you if you've seen Idle Hands, because it might be like a good drag match to hell, but I'm not entirely sure. It is way more fun than I remember. But, you know. Anyways, Tangent, Idle Hands, way better than I had remembered, super weird, uh, uh, and, and way more competent than uh, it existed in my mind prior to watching it. But this was our second film, and it was only enjoyable because we're kind of doing like a riff tracks, talking over the film. So okay. the enjoyment came from, you know, like, like say we're hanging out and watching a movie, just talking. The enjoyment largely came from that versus the movie. This was like never really scary. It kind of missed the 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 relationship from the two central characters which not to reveal anything but the way the book ends is like super heartwarming and bittersweet to a certain degree and this didn't have that moment and it, it wouldn't have felt like it earned it because uh the the two central characters are played by elsie fisher who you know we saw her last in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake that was like, or, you know, Redux, whatever you want to like, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Requel. uh, You know, I, she's such a wasted actor at this point. It's kind of a a depressing thing. Like somebody please put her in like an actual good movie. She can act clearly. And uh, she's just not giving, being given like the opportunity to, or she fire her agent or something. I don't know if maybe she's picking these. I have no idea. Um, uh, and then the other, uh, central character is played by Mia Miller. Again, like I thought she was fine in the film and I understood the two characters, uh, like they could have played these characters. Well, uh, I think it could have been better served as a, like a, like a four part miniseries or five part miniseries to a certain degree, like explore the relationship more. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it was lacking everything. It was like, uh, like like warm milk or something like it's just, <laughs> like it's just this nobody wants that nobody wants that like I, I don't understand who this is for uh it's even more disappointing because the director is uh damon thomas and he did some killing eve which is like a mostly i haven't watched the i think the third and the fourth season i think the fourth season was the last season but 
I enjoyed the the first and the second season of that. And it's kind of sad to to hear, you know, this person is directed good stuff, and then we have my best friend's exorcism. Uh, and you know, well, that's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, and then our, my second thing that I'm going to spend even less time on is uh, Deadstream, which is on Shutter. Um, this was uh, I love found footage. I've been clear about that multiple times. Uh, if you're just tuning in, I love found footage and I will defend it. I think it's a great, you know, subgenre of horror. Um, this is uh, directed by Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter, uh, and it stars uh, the director Joseph Winter as a kind of disgraced uh, internet personality, like a YouTuber, and uh, he's trying to uh, engage in some form of penance for his past transgression by staying in a haunted house and live streaming uh, his stay there. My review on Letterboxd is the the movie that you create from that setup is better than what you get. Um, I think Joseph Winter's performance as uh, the the YouTuber, like his voice is perfect. He has like that kind of like, and we're talking about what we're doing right now is his voice. Like he, ha- like he has like the, the, the gross YouTuber voice down pat. <laughs> like it, it, it sounds like it's like being directed to children or something. Like there's like a certain way that things are said uh, by these types of people that he just nails fully. And it was, it was very, very funny. I didn't find it. I think people are finding uh, the performance to be annoying. I, I don't agree with that criticism of the movie. My criticism is that it's never scary at all. And I was like That's largely funny. bored as it went along. Uh, it definitely goes towards like evil dead Two territory, which like, I'm going to be honest, like that's not my thing. Uh, it's probably blasphemous to a lot of people, but like, I fucking don't care about evil dead Two at all. Like horror comedy to me is like the worst. Yeah, like just like make it go away. Uh, yeah, there's I'm like a few exceptions, but it's like not my, not my jam uh, because it, the comedy undercuts the horror. And it's like, it's like such a tightrope walk to get it right. And it's, just you know a lot of people are ill-equipped to handle that type rope walk um yeah i don't know it's just that's my personal thing uh you can still check it out it's only it's under an hour and a half which i appreciate as uh somebody who's grown uh discontent with the two-hour runtimes of movies of late okay well yeah i had seen your your review and i had like many of the movies you watch i had never heard of it uh, until you told me about it uh, and I will continue to not think about it or watch it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, two strong reviews. One having watched it and one having not watched it. <laughs> uh, all right, Mitch. Uh, I've ragged on two things. One, uh, I have to say, uh, I'm going to stop ragging on things from here on out. Uh, that is it for me for being negative. The rest of the stuff I either respect or have enjoyed or even loved We'll find out which uh, which movie uh, is which soon. Well, I'm I'm trying to think. I know that I mentioned Orphan First Kill as something that uh, that we could chat about. I'm trying to think of was there anything else that I mentioned? Um, having watched, I'm just looking at my list, and one thing I'm seeing on here that maybe I'll touch on just briefly before I hop into Orphan First Kill. This is going to be a, a something I didn't really like, and and then I enjoyed uh, so. The thing that I didn't love, which falls to me, I don't know why, but uh, on a similar page as um, Bait or, or or Beast or Crawl or whatever, uh, even though there's no 
creature in this movie it feels like the same type of movie and it's fall the movie with the two girls who climb the giant uh like radio tower um and get stuck at the top uh you haven't seen this correct no, but I'm incredibly afraid of heights and was interested in checking this out. Uh, I do know all the spoilery stuff, so have at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I won't spoil it uh, for people who want to watch it. I'll, I'll just touch on it briefly. Um, I think there's, unfortunately, a lot of a dumb stuff in this movie. Um, it makes some some really bad choices from a writing perspective and from directing perspective. There's a there's a twist that comes in the movie that, that sounds like you're familiar with that I won't say what it is. But when it happened, I just rolled my eyes and I was like, fuck off. Like, you don't need this. This is just dumb. Now it's making me question everything that's going on in this movie. Um, and this and this should be a simple fucking movie like you don't need to try and make it smarter than it is because you're actually in, in trying to do that making it uh dumber um but essentially it's a movie about two girls who climb this tower and then like i said get stuck at the top of it with you know no cell service and you know whatever they can't uh, they can't get down how are they going to get down um you know, similar to like a buried or, or something where it's like all the tension comes from just like being stuck in this one place. Um, and I'm also afraid of heights. Uh, and so even with some of the VFX work in this that is kind of shoddy, um, it's still pretty effective at making you feel uneasy uh, in, in watching some of the scenes. So I give it uh, props for, for being able to do that. Uh, definitely was effective. And I watched this at home. So I imagine in the theater, probably even more so. Um, but yeah, just like, uh, it's, it's overwritten this, it doesn't need to be as, as complex as they think that it needs to be. And it's another movie where the main character is grieving the death of someone and they're getting over it by doing this thing. Like fuck off with this grieving protagonist. Like I don't need it. Like the the opening sequence of this movie, which again, this is the opening, it's not much of a spoiler, is this girl, uh, our main character is climbing a mountain and her boyfriend or husband, I can't remember what the actual relationship is there, um, and it ends up plummeting to his death. And then she doesn't want to climb and she's, you know, become an alcoholic. And there's a really goofy scene where uh, she's at a bar and like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays her father, is in the movie for all of two minutes. <laughs> Uh, shows up and is like trying to help her out and it's just like super cheesy and lame and it's just it, you don't need this i'm aware that people are stupid enough to do this without having to have it be like a, a way to overcome their grief like her her friend who sort of forces her into it is like a social media, like an influencer, and she's doing this for clout. She does all these crazy th adventurous things on her Instagram or whatever. And so she's like, we're going to climb this fucking old ass thing and it's super high, whatever. And so she convinces the grieving protagonist to, to join her you know, and go do it. It's like, it doesn't need to be about the death of her partner and getting over it and, and all this stuff because... It, it, you you've done it in a way that again is, is cheesy and lame and i've seen this so many times where the person who's stuck in this really intense situation is 
you know, having to to get over the loss of a loved one. Like, it doesn't make it better. Just give me the fucking movie where two dumb twenty year old women who wanting or want to be influencers climb this mountain and get stuck there. Like, I get it. You want your your protagonist to not just be like some vapid you know influencer type who you don't really care about you want there to be some depth there but this isn't it you like you can do more than this um or do it better so so that type of shit really bothered me um because again i've just seen it over and over again it seems like and then some of the really dumb choices like it's it's hard to sit back and watch this uh and with some of these choices be like well how did you think this was the best way of going about this (laughs) Man, it just, I, yeah, I, 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 we've talked about it before. I'm so over. I don't want to hear the G word anymore in movies. It's become so terrible. Uh, it's up there with like, um, you know, there's. We'll, we'll talk about it with like Halloween ends. I'm sure uh, to a certain degree. Uh, smile. I, I don't. I think it does a pretty good job actually. Uh, which we'll talk about next. But uh, the T word trauma also has become like. Uh, a cringy thing for me in movies because it 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 feels like rather than exploring the concept of trauma they just say the word and that's like they're they're like hey we're trying to tackle something here versus you know actually exploring a a very nuanced deep idea uh that has like a, a giant well to mine from instead they just use a word and you know like I'm just like, I'm done. Like, please just like whoever these writers are, just like go away. Uh, and it was a bummer because like, I, I thought uh, like, you know, talking about beast, like I thought that was like a mostly fun movie and it didn't feel like it was also uh, mired in like the, while it's about grief, it doesn't feel like it's mired in grief. Um, like some, like it doesn't feel dour or, or, you know, uh, yeah. like or it feels less dour, I suppose it is dour to a certain degree, but. Uh, yeah, it, I agree. I like Beast. I didn't love it, but it again, it still felt like we just don't need this here. Like, Mm-mm. do we need this to enjoy a movie about people being stalked and fighting lions? Like, no, we don't. Yeah, like, look, like so. Look at look at Beast. We have a, a father, uh, his like old friend slash best friend. I'm not entirely sure uh, how he qualify this friend. Uh, we'll, we'll say best friend for 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 ease here uh, and his two daughters and they're you know going out and they get attacked like we, we based on the vert the, the the fact that we have two daughters and a best friend that's all the stakes we need we don't need like like grief in there in any way like we already know that these, this person cares for all these people and doesn't want anything bad to happen to them like you need very yeah. little to get into this story to get it going just show us your 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 characters and you know put at least like some effort into this versus like what are the unique ways this person can fight a lion or you know whatever dumb shit <laughs> like <laughs> like like um you know those like old like how to survive books uh yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what they're called but it feels like they're just like they're reading through those to find like plot elements instead of like actually focusing on their their, their characters like that I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's tiring, and I'm done. <laughs> Very done. Agreed. Yeah, but uh, I'll, we'll move on from from Bates to a movie that uh, I did actually enjoy, uh, which is Orphan First Kill. Uh, this is and, rare, Mitch. 
This is rare. You enjoyed it more than I did, which is... I did enjoy it more than you did. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I don't have a, a, a strong relationship with the first one. I definitely watched it when it came out. I remember going to the theater and seeing it. And I recall enjoying it, but like not having strong feelings about it either way. I've never gone back and rewatched it. I didn't rewatch it for this. I just figured, well, hell, I'll, uh, I'll give this a watch. Uh, but I actually had a good time. And I think I mentioned to you, it's sort of the movie takes a turn uh, that while I wasn't expecting, I quite appreciated because I was anticipating this being sort of a rehash of the first one. It's been a long time since the first one came out. So I figured, okay, this is going to be very similar. It's going to be a Esther gets with his family. They think that she's a young little girl. She starts doing, you know, the crazy things, killing people, whatever. And then they find out, oh, she's just a young, or actually she's much older and this is creepy. And then there's sort of the final showdown. Probably Esther lives and, you know, moves on so we can maybe have a, a sequel or another, whatever, another movie. Um, but it, it, despite doing some of those things a little bit, it takes a, a turn that is very different from that general concept and i thought it was really sort of fresh i was like okay this is this is really interesting and i enjoyed it uh and felt like the movie did uh, a good job it was fun for me the movie it didn't seem like the movie was super self-serious like it seemed like it knew it was having a good time with the material uh the actors seemed like they were having a good time and, and had some good stuff and i enjoyed it it's not a movie that i think is you know amazing that i'm gonna revisit time and time again but uh i had a fun time and that's all you can really ask for i couldn't like i i agree with everything you've said i just so you give it a three and a half and i gave it a three out of five uh like i'd also had a blast i love that you know the director understood the assignment uh found like i I think what i had mentioned to you when i when i watched it i was like you know like if you go into this the the twist is already there we are aware of like who the character of esther is like, yeah. what kind of movie would you rightly make with this? And they find a way, uh, and it is bananas and, and so much fun. Uh, I love seeing Julia Stiles in something. Uh, it's been a yeah, while. She's great. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. And uh, um, it has uh, some of the worst visual effects that I've ever seen <laughs> in, in a movie. <laughs> Sorry, not in, in a movie, but like in like a, a larger uh movie it is it but it somehow like elevates it like i I just felt like i was like it it was like a funhouse version of itself at the end the the visual effects were so bad um yeah this was uh i mentioned this to you that uh that i had eaten uh some edibles (laughs) prior to watching this movie um and so i wasn't certain if the visual effects were as bad as I was seeing them, or if it was just like my mind playing tricks on me watching this uh, movie, um, but then you reassured me like, no, no, they're actually just that bad. You weren't, uh, you weren't that high. Uh, so, they are but it made for a, a fun watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, man, the the scene with the rat too. Woof. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> so bad. Man, speaking of which, I was walking my dog outside in our alley, and I almost like I like I'm like out to lunch half the time when I'm like walking around. If I ever like like walk past somebody and I don't acknowledge them, and they're like, "What? Like this guy's a prick? Why does he say hi?" It's because like I'm largely in my own head half the time. 
And yeah. I almost like stepped on like a dead rat that was gigantic. And it like immediately <laughs> reminded me of this movie, uh, yeah. which just says that like orphan first kill still in my head. And I watched it when it uh, <laughs> came out. So it's been a while. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, right, but, uh, what you got next? Uh, I'm going to tackle uh, smile. All right. uh, which I have to say, so going into this movie, the trailer for this, I thought was like, like pure dog shit. Like it, it reminded me of uh, like some of the aughts horror movies. Um, you know, like they're just like, you know, like, ooh, blank, you know, insert blank spooky movie with with teens or whatever. Uh, it's kind of like the vibes that I was getting from this movie. Uh, do you know that that trailer that's like constantly playing the uh, pray for the devil or whatever it is? Yeah. So like that feels like an aughts possession movie that like kind of like has disappeared. Uh, this felt like the like the haunting version of, of that type of, of film that would have been around in the same exact time period. Like it, it doesn't look good. Uh, and then I sat down and watched it and uh, we're going to start talking about some of my theater experiences uh, with, with our, with my last two things. Uh, and this one, uh, this, the, the audience here gets a D minus. Um, so uh, it, for anybody who doesn't know, this becomes a uh, uh, almost like the ring styled kind of film where uh, once you get, possessed by this thing it tries to break you and then hip you know it'll uh uh jump over to the next person that's interacted with you and then you know goes on and on and on it's kind of established in the trailer because there's that character that they consult that like knows all of the 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 mystery elements of this this kind of uh you know like the the mechanics of this kind of haunting uh, which is kind of like one of the you know the the Johnny tell all kind of scenes uh that is slightly annoying but in this movie some it is isn't as bothersome uh, uh as it's been in other films for for whatever reason i, I don't know I, I can't qualify why that is it just didn't bother me as much uh because this movie actually has a ton of uh its own thing going on that made me really appreciate it uh it goes to bonkers places there's a lot of um almost like uh dream logic sequences that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, Sosie Bacon does a really good job. Kevin Bacon's uh, daughter. Uh, great okay. in this movie. Uh, also has uh, Jesse T. Usher, who uh, is A-Train in The Boys, for anybody out there who also enjoys that uh, television show. Um, he plays kind of a dip. Um, I guess much like A-Train in The Boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like. I had a really good time, but the audience, there's this one person in particular that uh, as soon as like the the jump scares started to come out and this movie has a ton of jump scares uh, I, don't, I don't mean that derisively like I actually kind of enjoy them a little bit um, but uh, one person started to laugh and I was like oh that's like a natural response to it, it somehow makes it funnier or like more like boisterous the environment like I was kind of enjoying it then he just kept laughing through the whole entire movie and it's quite clear that this person was like way too high to have been in, in the theater mm -hmm uh it, it, i'm just like man you need to get the fuck out uh thankfully somebody <laughs> else shut him shut him up but uh uh the i i have had two so this is this is the, this is a bad theater experience this is almost like I, after this i was like man i don't think i'm like 
going to the theater again after this, uh, you know, then I went to the theater twice more after, but like <laughs> it was bad enough where I was like, man, this is a, a pretty enjoyable movie. And it would have been fun to see with like an actual good crowd uh, rather than some, you know, fucking dipshit <laughs> yeah. for everybody else. But uh, uh, smile, I would, I'd recommend checking out. Uh, I give it like a, like a three and a half out of, out of five uh, for me. Definitely worth your time i think question yeah. Yeah, it's one that i've been waiting uh for a home video release to to check it out but uh but not yet so once it comes out i'll uh, i'll give it a watch and report back to you yeah i i, I do think it, it 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 you know the the, the last two movies that i'm going to talk about uh swing and this movie you know swings as well uh and i appreciate that so uh what what else you got going on here um i'll just touch briefly on because i know you wanted to mention it i probably wouldn't have have brought it up otherwise but uh the midnight club uh the uh, mike flanagan netflix tv series i've watched two episodes at this point you have watched three four yes three three okay um i think you're enjoying it more than i am at this point um based on our our brief conversations uh i I guess I should say what the show is uh, about a little bit. Uh, basically, it seems to focus on our uh, protagonist, a teenage girl who uh, basically is graduating high school and uh, looking forward to moving on to uh, to going to Stanford uh, for college, uh, but then is diagnosed with uh, thyroid cancer. Um, and we sort of get a little bit of the you know treatment sort of stuff in the beginning. Um, but ultimately it's, you know, it's deemed that it's terminal, correct? And so she decides to, to go to this hospice for terminally ill teenagers. Uh, and the name of the show comes from their sort of club. They get together at night when they're not supposed to be out and share sort of scary stories with each other. Uh, and talk a little bit about you know the afterlife and if they pass away coming back and you know communicating with the others and and it, like other Mike Flanagan shows like um, Midnight Mass he did the the haunting of the Hill House and Bly Manor uh, it has a you know similar elements to to some of those things uh, but for me the just the first two episodes alone uh, it doesn't have me hooked yet uh, I, I you know it's it's been fine so far I'm. You know, I'm not out on it. Nothing has you know made me upset or, or roll my eyes or anything. I'm just not quite there with with the characters and with the with where the story is sort of sitting so far. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, though. Yeah. So uh, uh, Mitch and I are, are huge fans of F Boy Island uh, and love dating shows. <laughs> uh, and uh, my partner brought up the fact that Elon Gale, uh, who is a producer and creator of F Boy Island and is a producer on. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise, as well as The Bachelor, and a bunch of other dating shows, uh, is a producer of this, as well as uh, he had produced Midnight Mass, and then he co-wrote two of the episodes of this show, which to me is, is that like the a dream wild... career. Yeah, it is, man. I, we, like, we, I think if we could, if we could have careers, it would be Elon Gale's career. Be, yeah. Also, what a what a great name! It kind of like flows, but also challenges your tongue in some way. Like I can't express. The difficulty in yeah. saying his name clearly uh but yeah i don't know uh so this is obviously based off the christopher pike uh you know 
book series. Um, I don't know if it's a series of books. I have no idea. I, I didn't read Christopher Pike growing up, but uh, it's it's a YA. Uh, he's a uh, sorry. This is like a YA horror vibe. So uh, I do appreciate this is kind of like a, a gateway horror television show, and uh, for a series dedicated to people who are you know terminal, it doesn't feel sad it feels like bittersweet like the the uh you know the doctor the the doctor sleep portion of doctor sleep where he is doctor sleep the person who's helping people into the the uh calmly into the afterlife uh it has like that kind of vibe to a certain degree for me which i really enjoyed um yeah i don't know like i i I enjoyed the performances uh you know, it, I I I think I like I, I enjoy pretty much anything Mike Flanagan has done. Uh, he's clearly a talented person who has cultivated a style which uh, I am partial to, uh, and this is no different. So uh, I, I, I'm enjoying Midnight Club. Excited to see where it goes. Um, you know, maybe we'll report back uh, in a little hell down the road and give my closing thoughts. But so far, uh, three episodes in. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that I'm not uh, enjoying it. It's just sort of like you know, it uh, hasn't quite grabbed me and, yeah. and pulled me in yet. Um, and I think that uh, it it feels uh, like you mentioned the 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 YA to me. It feels very much like YA, where something like Midnight Mass did not have that. Like it's very adult, um, which is more appealing to me. Um, but this, you know, again, not bad. I'm going to keep watching it. And then, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll let you know my thoughts once I get a little bit further into it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely accessible. And I think, like, j- to be clear, like, I, I, Midnight Mass is, like, amazing in my in my eyes. Like, I, there isn't a single episode I disliked. I was excited to see where it went. Uh, this is not on the same level at all. It's, like, like a few steps down. Uh, not not to say it's bad. Uh, it's just like for for me, I'd much rather watch obviously Midnight Mass, uh, and I'm just happy to, that this exists and and I'm, you know I'm enjoying it. But it, it is for sure not Midnight Mass. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what um, uh, what's your next uh, thing here? Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to briefly talk about Barbarian. Um, this right, is yes. yes. So this is the good theater experience. This was uh, uh, has like exploitation movie vibes all the way through, uh, it, it, and by virtue of that, the crowd reactions of, of things that occur is just was like wonderful. Um, and just like I said, the next two movies, uh, you know, swung. The, the, like the, this movie for sure, one hundred and fifty percent swung. And I have to give credit to uh, the studio. Uh, I, I, was this a Paramount film? I'm not entirely sure. Um, it, uh, but anyways, uh, the, besides the point, uh, the, the trailer does a wonderful job of establishing the setup without giving anything away. So uh, this movie, if, if you're completely unaware for, for whatever reason, uh, we have Georgina Campbell who plays Tess, uh, and she's coming for a job interview and... Uh, I think it's a job. Yeah, it's a job interview, and she books a uh, an Airbnb in a, uh, a, a uh, man. I don't know how to put it politely. A, a less than desirable area in Detroit, like it's just bombed out. Um, and she arrives to find uh, Bill Skarsgård playing Keith has already uh, 
is already in the Airbnb and claims to have booked it, shows his booking notification, uh, and then invites Georgina Campbell's Tess in uh, to stay. You know, it's raining. They're in a really bad part of town. It's just like, you can take the bedroom, lock the door. Uh, it does everything uh, like a polite person to would do to dissu- like dissuade uh, you know, uh, negative thoughts uh, about their intentions. Uh, and it also shows that Tess is smart and, you know, like sh- she is, uh, she she thinks clearly and safely in a lot of what she does in this film that brings her to the situation that, you know, makes the, the events that unfold, uh, it makes you feel more for Tess, I think. Uh but uh, it, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, it's a movie that uh, I kind of wish uh, Justin Long had it been in the trailer because the movie does reset at a point, which is, uh, I don't think that's too much of a spoiler to say, but uh, resets with Justin Long at a certain point uh, and takes a, a turn uh, to a certain degree. Uh, and that's, I think, all I'm going to say because while this has been out for a little while now, it's still relatively new. And I, I don't know... Uh, like you know with COVID I don't know if people are still going to the theaters I don't want to like ruin it for anybody else who hasn't been able to check it out but I really enjoyed this film I thought it was a ton of fun the crowd in uh which was like I've been going to like uh like less populated showings uh and it it was still like like people were just like whoa ah like like, (laughs) there, there, there were clear reactions in the audience to certain things uh and and i loved it and like it's it's the this is the type of movie that i would make if if i had the opportunity to do it uh it's all basement horror and that's like you know that's what i'm into uh weird shit in the basement there's holes and stuff and i'm just like that's what's what i'm into (laughs) that sounds gross (laughs) 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 i don't know what i mean it's like there's uh actually i don't want to say it because i could give something away but uh yeah, there, yeah don't uh, don't say any more. Uh, yeah. Both you and the only other person I know who watched this movie both agreed. Go in knowing basically nothing about it, uh, yeah. and you're going to have a really good time with it. So I'm excited to see it. Um, glad that I haven't heard anything more than what I know, and uh, yeah, looking forward to to when I can catch that. Yeah, I like again uh, heavy recommendation. Um, I understand, you know. Uh, a listener might not know me specifically, but uh, like try to ignore any trailers and just you know go see it. Or I think it's going to come out on uh, uh, VOD on the twenty fifth of this month. If I'm, if I'm okay. correct. So uh, yeah, check it out uh, and and try to stay away from anything and just enjoy it because yeah. I think I think it's a blast. And uh, you know it's almost Halloween, so uh, enjoy a good fright. That's right, and. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on what you just mentioned um, at the avoiding trailers. Uh, I've started doing that uh, myself just for everything. Uh, I've decided I would not continue watching movie trailers uh, unless I'm at the theater and, you know, they start playing and then I really can't help. It. I'm not going to leave the theater to avoid what them. If, what, if, what if you just shield your eyes like some demure, like... <laughs> Just to the person next to me, just tell me when they're over. Um, 
but uh, but no i just found that in recent years the trailers have been giving away so much of of the movies that yeah it's like yeah i i don't want to see the whole movie before going into it i may have talked about this when we talked about bullet train which is a movie i didn't like at all um but i felt like i had seen the whole movie in the trailer and it just it's it's it takes the fun out of the like the surprise out of going to the movie when it's like here you can basically see the whole plot unfold in front of you in the trailer of the movie so i've just uh, i've made a point um you know because with my social media and stuff obviously i get a lot of like on my feed a lot of movie related things and so it's like oh the trailer for amsterdam or the trailer for this movie or whatever has come out and it's like you know i'm just going to avoid everything uh as far as movies go in terms of the the promotional materials and then sorry sorry sorry. it sounds like a lot of people avoided amsterdam (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) continue please But, but yeah for me it's like i'm aware enough of the the films that are coming out in the industry uh, and you know, through reading about film festivals and just talking to you and and what I'm exposed to anyway that I'm not concerned that I'm going to like miss out on movies just because I wasn't aware of their existence um from not having seen the trailers so I don't think I'm really going to be losing anything by by skipping them and at some point if i'm like you know fuck it i'll you know check out the trailer or if it's something i don't really care or think i'm gonna give a shit about maybe i'll watch the trailer um but right now i'm just no trailers if a movie has people in it that i like or a plot that sounds interesting with some actors or a director there's some element that i'm interested in i'll just watch it without having seen the trailer and that's that and you know maybe i'll hate the movie maybe i won't but uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at, Stefan. I respect that. Uh, I have to say, uh, and I'm, I was largely on the same page as you for you know the last little while. Uh, I think Barbarian and Smile are the two ones that uh, I don't think I, I, I closed the loop on the thought that I'd made. Where the I thought the trailer of Smile was terrible uh, at selling the movie, yes, but not at revealing where it went. Uh, which I appreciate them not revealing. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword where it's like the trailer sucked and I thought like it, it made it look pretty shitty. I still want to go see it because I enjoy horror films, but if that's the roadblock that you're trying to, you know, bypass, it, it might deter some viewers. Um, that being said, not having the imagery of where it goes is hugely appreciative because I was kind of excited to watch it unfold. Um, you know, and I went in with like maybe lower expectations because of the trailer to a certain degree. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's a rarity. Uh, and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm like not a marketing person. I literally, I could not give a shit less, uh, not, not my thing. So, uh, I, I I'm rambling now. I don't have like a final thought to, to our final, uh, film here. Our yeah. main topic. Yeah, let's do it. We're it's October eighteenth. Uh, we're recording this on a, a Tuesday evening, and we're fast approaching Halloween ends. Uh, I went to go see. Sorry, we're fast approaching Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't ended yet, uh, but I did go see Halloween ends on opening night, and then I cajoled uh, Mitch into watching it ahead of this. Yes. Um, 
do you want me to just start this off with my theater experience? I've been waiting for several days to to hear about this experience. I told you save it for the show, uh, and so I'm it's here. I'm ready. Give it, just give it to me, Stefan. Let's let's right. go. I apologize in advance. This is probably going to be like five minutes of me just talking. Uh, <laughs> but all right. So uh, we went on Friday and we like opted to go to like a, a bookstore ahead of time. Um, I wanted to grab the new uh, Paul Tremblay book, uh, Paul Bearer's Club. Quite enjoying it so far. Heavy recommendation. Tangent over. Uh, that we then hurried over to the theater. And uh, I was pretty excited because I had like, you know, relatively low expectations. The reviews for this have been pretty scathing ahead of its release. And I was just kind of like, you know, I'm at like a very base level excited to go see a Halloween film around Halloween. And that's enough for me right now. Uh, so even if it sucks, I'm like, you know, I'm here watching with my partner and it's like, it's October. Like, this is pretty cool. And that's enough for me. Um, settled into the theater and immediately like it felt off like the crowd was just like 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 there's something bubbling underneath the crowd in our theater it was weird there were so many five-year-olds like (laughs) interesting yeah there were like and it was like i don't like they're bringing their child here like all right i i saw like a lot of r-rated stuff very very young and i realized that's anomalous uh and not everybody's experience but um even for me, I was like, man, this is fucked up. There were like so many uh, like moms bringing in their five-year-olds where I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's it, like something about the crowd just seemed off. And I'm hearing a, a, my voice resonate right now, which is distracting me. So if, I, if I'm... If I, yeah. So if, if I f- sound like I'm losing the thread, that's what i'm contending with right now <laughs> okay um so that that was the th- the crowd going into it and and then the movie started halloween ends uh a movie that is like a defiant middle finger to an audience uh by and large uh started to play and you could kind of like feel a rest the restless audience like around us and i kept turning to anna and being like yo what, what the fuck are we watching right now like we were both like kind of like gate like i was i I was enjoying myself and confused because the movie that we were getting is is a in defiance of any promotional material uh that has been circulating for this film uh and i'm looking at the stupid imdb poster for this piece of shit sorry not piece of shit (laughs) spoiler alert i didn't mind this movie to be completely honest uh the poster for this though is a giant pos like it is uh uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie back to back with uh, Michael Myers, and they're kind of like exchanging furtive glances, like like they're they're, they're about to maybe they consider getting down. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but the poster like sells a um, a, a culmination of events, uh, and th- that's what you know. Going to this movie, you expect that that's what this is going to be. This movie is not that, and the crowd just like felt restless throughout this film at one point like uh an usher came in and like like some some kids had come in i think they snuck in and the usher was like trying to get them out of the theater adding like an extra layer of chaos on top of this <laughs> and then at, at some point in the movie somebody went like oh 
like in a like, dead quiet moment. It was like a weird <laughs> moan. And like I just like started cry laughing into Anna. I can't explain why that was my reaction. I was just like like everything felt so fucking weird in this theater. Uh and like I couldn't have been in, alone in like thinking this or in feeling this. Then all of a sudden, towards the tail end of this movie, uh, uh, we hear like a kerfuffle, like, you, you fucking do that, I'm gonna break your nose. Like, the, it just sounded like there was like a, like somebody was like ready to like fucking go into fisticuffs with somebody else in the theater at this, during the the, the final moments of this film. Uh, and it kind of soured the mood a little bit, but don't worry, the mood came back. Uh, <laughs> as we left the theater, uh, a huge stench just like hit both of our faces. And there's like a, a person in front of us where I was like, maybe it's them. Like, uh, they, they look like they might smell like shit. I don't know. <laughs> like, not to be rude, but like, like it, it, there's the potentiality. And like, I, like while it stunk, I was happy to exit the theater and not say anything or think anything about it until somebody said, somebody shit in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh the usher came in and uh there, there there was a conversation of like it was in the upper left hand corner of the theater and somebody took a shit uh while the movie was going on, <laughs> on the left <laughs> and then uh uh we left the theater we ran into the couple who were just like yeah there were these fucking kids and towards the end of the movie like it just stunk and like the fucking took a shit in the theater and that was that was that was going to see Halloween ends. <laughs> it ended in a literal shit being taken in the theater. It was wild. Um, I feel like I'm missing uh, components of my viewing experience. But, you know, I, I said smile was like, made me not want to go to the theater anymore. Halloween ends made me want to go to every showing. <laughs> just to like suss out like, like, what kind of wild crowd can we get here? Like, I don't mean like going to see like... Uh, you know, like a rom-com or something like that. I don't think that's the crowd you're going to get. I don't think somebody's going to take like a dump in the theater. But like, if you go see like the right movie, maybe you get a dump in the theater. Not that I want that to happen. Like, I don't want people to have to clean that up. But you're not mad that it did happen. Yeah. It's it's like... It's it's an experience. It's an experience. It's like oddly enticing. Wait, no, sorry. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, it's like, just like, like I could say that I was at Halloween ends and somebody took a shit in the theater. Yeah, and I it, mean. I'm not, I'm not commenting on the movie. I'm not saying it is the shit, the literal shit in the theater. Uh, but somebody, you know, decided. Uh, and uh, my partner was just like, so like, how could somebody do this? And I'm like, no, I know people who would have done this growing up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like man you need to grow like she grew up in a small uh, small town as well so i'm surprised she thinks better of people but i know there are there are people who will shit in a theater for sure 150 percent uh and we witnessed one of those individuals who did not witness i didn't see somebody <laughs> shit, but you know now um, that would be something if they just like walked up in front of the screen and like dropped their pants and took a shit that would be That'd be something else. That'd be performance art. Uh, (laughs) Um, Now, here's the most important question. Did you get like a free pass for uh, for, uh, your money back or something from the theater because someone took a dump while you were watching this movie? I gotta be completely honest. Like I, a, uh, I left. We left really abruptly. Like we're ready to get home, and you know, like, like uh, we we have a dog that we treat like a child. So we're like both excited to see our dog because we're 
those people that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who might listen to this are like, fuck those people. We are those people and that's fine. Uh, uh, so we rushed out to go see our dog. We might have been able to, honestly, I would have preferred to have get, gotten, received a pass for Smile versus our Halloween Ends experience. Because Halloween Ends was just kind of like, yeah, that's wild, man. Like, what, if you want, like, any indication of the decay of society, just, like, that's it. That's it right there. Like, it's Halloween Ends. Going to see Halloween Ends on opening <laughs> night. That's the decay of society. For sure. 150%. And I, I won't exchange that for anything. Should we talk about the actual movie now? <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm glad that I got to hear your experience. Uh, I'm sad that I didn't get to experience the same thing, but maybe one day I will have that uh, same pleasure. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the actual movie itself. Sure. Uh, why don't we do this in two ways? Because this is, this movie is 150%. Uh, if you haven't listened to anything, anybody has said, thus far it is not what you think and therefore uh anything that we can discuss is going to be super spoilery so why don't we say like generally what we think and then we'll announce spoilers and at which point if you haven't seen the movie tune out uh go check it out then come back and listen to us uh discuss what could be a future cult classic or not i don't know we'll find out (laughs) All right. Um, I mean, if if anybody is unfamiliar with this, this is like the this is the what's supposed to be the the final film in the most recent trilogy of Halloween movies. That, if I'm not mistaken, and you know what, it's fine if I'm confused because this franchise is all over the place. Oh, this is a wild franchise. Yeah, three movies that ignored all the other movies except the first one. Is that? fair to say is that, that how is, the, that is, that is correct that's okay correct. so basically they created these movies saying the first movie happened none of the other ones did and that's where and we're picking up however many years later in this story that's how the first one started so this is the third and final film in this trilogy of more contemporary halloween movies um and yeah i mean my thoughts uh i think we talked about the the last one on here but yeah i'm sure you listeners probably don't remember uh, we were not fans of halloween kills uh i don't think either of us enjoyed that movie uh this I, to me sorry go I, ahead i was gonna say i barely qualify it as a film to be completely honest like it is yeah, it's it yeah. is not good it's not good no um and this movie in my opinion is also not good, but not as bad as that movie. Uh, there's some some decent stuff in this movie, um, but without getting into the sort of plot details, which, like you said, will sort of spoil things for people expecting one thing. Um, yeah, it takes a direction where it's kind of weird and wasn't really feeling it. Um, and yeah, I think it's... The series just seems confused to me like when you look at it as a whole it doesn't flow and i think that it could have easily been handled a different way i'll get into what i mean once we're actually talking about the the plot details and and spoilers and stuff but i think this is a a a not so great movie but it's not terrible either uh so you enjoy it more than halloween kills obviously yes yes okay cool um i gave this the same 
starred review that you had after leaving it and then i bumped it up a half star so for me it's a three out of five um i enjoyed myself watching this um i halloween kills is a deplorable stupid film to be clear i i I do think all of these three films are trying to encapsulate the vibe of the first actual three films so uh you know, if you're not a, a fan of Halloween, the Halloween series, um, blue text only appears in Halloween three season of the witch, which is the, the, the Michael Myers free film, the, the tangent film that was, uh, established to try to set, you know, uh, future Halloween colon, you know, movies that were free of Michael Myers that could have just been like, you know, a, a Halloween experience. Um, it, it failed miserably. People revolted against the lack of Michael Myers and was only reevaluated down the road. Uh, this movie also has uh, opted to have blue text as if immediately saying that this is going to be uh, a fully different experience that, um, that than, than you would normally be accustomed to. And even like Halloween Kills feels like the like Halloween 2, which like... Uh, I don't know why you would uh, uh, try to make a, re- a replica of Halloween 2 because it's also a bad movie. Like, it's not good. Um, so that's disappointing. Um, but I, I I, I enjoyed this. I'm going to leave it at that because I think uh, anything else that I could discuss is going to enter into spoiler territory. And I'd just like to not have a two-hour-long episode, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so spoilers at, from this point on, turn us off. Turn us off if you haven't seen the uh, the film, uh, or if you don't care, just continue listening and you know live your life um, like yeah. a maniac. You know. So, uh, how should we begin this? Uh, we have a cold open with uh, Corey uh, Cunningham, played by Rowan Campbell, uh, and he's kind of a meek babysitter who's come to uh, an affluent home to babysit. Um, it's established that he's kind of, you know, in maybe a bit of a state of stasis. They're asking him to like apply to college, you know, he's like, Oh, I'm going to apply for engineering, you know, a few different places, but it's clear. He's kind of like, you know, maybe hung back, uh, while, you know, his, his peers had gone off to school and he's kind of deciding what he should do. Uh, maybe he doesn't value himself enough. You know, that's kind of what you gather from the character. Um, and the cold open continues with him uh, getting bullied by the child he's babysitting, locking him in a, <laughs> a room uh, up a few flights of stairs. They have a, a beautiful, you know, winding staircase. Uh, and frustrated, the character of Corey kicks in the door and knocks the child over the banister. And he comes crashing down as his parents come home. There's blood everywhere. His kid is fully fucking dead. Uh, and... Corey is, uh, you know, whatever future he wanted in the town uh, is gone uh, after the title sequence, pretty much. Uh, So that's our cold open. So, like, you said you liked the cold open, correct? I did like the the cold open. I thought it was effective. And I think that the beginning of this movie explores an interesting idea, um, something that sort of... uh, you, I don't want to say glossed over, but uh, he the the sort of Michael Myers uh, murders and character loom largely over the town, and even this 
the this house when he's babysitting like it's clear that when they're playing hide and seek and the kid locks him in the the room uh, and he's kicking the door to get out it's not just that he's frustrated but it's that he's terrified uh, he's clearly scared like the the whole michael myers thing is has clearly impacted the town even if michael myers isn't in the room or in the house trying to kill him he's just panicked and freaking out and he starts you know kicking at the door and then kicks the door into the kid who then falls over and dies um and there's no michael myers here uh which i think is is really effective like i was fully anticipating michael myers is going to be in this room and he's going to attack this kid um and that didn't happen which was great and as i know that you love uh children dying in your movies so this like yeah i was certain you would have loved that opening as well Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> but uh, but then even in the like over the next, I don't I don't know if it's a, a montage, but there's sort of uh, a series of of shots that and explains how the the sort of evil of of Michael Myers is still felt throughout the town, even when he's not physically looming over people and killing people, and it's impacting the town. And I thought that that was an interesting thing to explore. Um, but then it's not, I don't think it's really explored at all for the rest of the movie. Um, but yes, I, to, to, was, the long-winded answer to your question yeah, was, yeah, yeah, I like the beginning. I, I do think it is addressed. It's just done on the same level. They never like like explore it in greater depth. It's always just like, like, uh, like it, it's, it's, it's a surface level thing. It's a baseline and it never, yeah. there's no ebbs and flows to it. So it, while it still exists, it's just never delved into in a, in a greater right. way. I think that's the problem. Um, I think this movie just should have not had Michael Myers in it. I'll be completely honest uh, entirely. And and I think that movie could be successful. So uh, I want to say, I think, two things. Uh, the first is, you know, this is a trilogy done by the same director. And this opinion could be like torn to shreds and that's fine. I'm, you know, whatever. No big deal. Um, and, and by virtue of it being done by the same director, you assume there's going to be a trajectory that, uh, like an authorship to the, the full trilogy. And that's kind of like what you expect going in. And because this feels so self-referential to a previous trilogy, uh, that what weren't all done by the same director, you know, you had John Carpenter who did the first one, you know, probably coked up, wrote the second one for, for money, uh, and then didn't direct the second one. And then the, the third one, the art director for uh, uh, the first film, Tommy Lee Wallace, comes in. There is an expectation that you might be getting like a different type of film every time. Uh, with this, I'm expecting like a trilogy that tracks characters in a way that respects what is initially established. Uh, and this movie chooses, well, I guess the, the previous two movies have, well, sorry, no. The, the second film feels like it at least exists in the same ballpark as the first film. And then the third film uh, is not in a ballpark. Uh, it's in like a wreck pool somewhere else across town. <laughs> like it is like, like the characters don't belong. Like I, I need to be clear. I, I actually like the way that the characters are in this film and wish they had been that way the entire time through the whole series. Like they were fun. Like the, the way that, um, uh, the Lori character engages with, uh, man, I just, like, uh, uh, Addie Matichek. What's her, uh, Andy Allison. Matichek. Allison, thank you. Uh, I like the way that they interact. Uh, Allison is like weirdly horny in this. And I'm like, like, 
the yeah horror movies need to have like uh, more sex in them for sure uh that's something that's been very annoying uh so andy uh Matichek's character allison becomes interested in Corey because Corey is like much like her family uh is ostracized in the community so there's like that that commonality that exists that she's kind of like attracted to i mean all that stuff and i wanted more maybe more nuance into into that but the way that her character uh acts towards Corey is like fully divorced from anything that's like her it's been established uh with her character understanding that like four years has elapsed between halloween kills and this film still it doesn't feel like it's the same character almost uh and then then laurie uh the way that her character uh has oddly accepted like reality uh and is, is like living normally in in haddonfield feels so divorced from where her character came from it almost feels like when the film started it should have been closer to like h2o where she is uh you know, clearly been affected by the events of her teenage years uh, and is trying to, you know, overcome them. Uh, and that should have been her character to start from versus like the fucking T2 Linda Hamilton styled character that she was given. I don't know. There's just, there's just like the, the way that the characters have gone from iteration to iteration to iteration make little sense. Uh, I mean, like Halloween uh to sorry halloween kills should have maybe had the time jump in order to deal with the fact that laurie has been injured and is therefore sidelined for the majority of the film and like if you're setting up a bunch of characters it'd be wonderful for those characters to be able to interact in in the sequel (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) halloween halloween kills could have started with uh michael myers escaping the fire killing all the firemen you have the still that wonderful set piece that you you know you've created uh, and then you could have jumped time and then maybe they're there. We, we, what I'm saying is Halloween kills and uh, Halloween ends maybe should have had elements that were interwoven. If that makes sense. Do you know, do you know where I'm coming from a little bit? Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't want to step on your, your toes here, but I, I think that I would eliminate the trilogy entirely and just combine well, I'm I'm stealing from somebody else here. I I heard this and I thought it was a a good idea. But basically, this should have been one movie and not three. And you basically take the end of this one and strap it onto the first one, and that's your that's your movie. And you don't need the rest of it because I think Kills is pretty much uh, an entirely a waste of time. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't think this movie adds a whole lot. To I, mean, I, I, well, I I disagree. So the ending of this movie, I I couldn't care less about. I the, for me, it's like all about the setup. I actually liked the, uh, and like I I did not come up with this. It's been said by a ton of people already. Uh, obviously, Corey Cunningham. Cunningham is the last name of, uh, the the person who is contorted by the vehicle in Christine and becomes the villain. Uh, you know they're they're there's a lot of like Stephen King elements that are like shoved into this that are kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of this film. Uh, it's just, it's sad that it's attached to these other two movies. And like, I actually, like I, I thought Halloween 2018 was like a, a fun, a fun time. I'm not saying it's like the best movie ever. I just think it was competent and it had uh, like a lot of misgivings that, you know, like I, I could ignore to enjoy a fun slasher, 
uh but you know like it's it's still fine like uh then it has halloween kills which is absolute trash and then you know this comes along that i think is like kind of better than all of those two movies uh that carries the baggage uh of like a, a trilogy and you know like i man i just i i think that this uh this is kind of a i you know i i can't say this about any of the 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 previous two movies i want to watch this one again like i'm i'm curious like it is it was so weird to watch <laughs> well i'll i'll get into the plot a little bit more and it can explain where I'm coming from here. But yeah. I mean, basically what ends up happening in this movie is, uh, you said Corey is the character's name. Yes. 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 Um, so after he's, um, killed this child accidentally, you mentioned he's become ostracized from the town. People look at him and, and call him a psycho and, and all these things. And what ends up happening with his character is he ends up in a, sewer with michael myers who's been hiding in the sewer for i guess a few years um and then there's a very weird moment and you can tell me if you read this differently than i did but basically as he's going to leave the sewer before we even see michael myers michael myers hand comes out and grabs onto him and then we see that there's a, an odd moment between like the two of them where you see Corey looking into Michael Myers like eyes and vice versa. And then there's like some flashes of the, you know, some of the, like the kills or like horror scenes that have, that have happened over time. And then like, let's go. And it's like, it's almost as though there's been like a, a transference or something. I know that that's not literally like, yeah. what happened, but then Corey essentially starts becoming a, a murderer on purpose, not accidentally killing children, but going around and, <laughs> and, and doing Michael Myers esque things to the point of going and taking the mask from him and wearing it and going and, and killing people. He's bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not great at it, but he still definitely kills uh, several people um, while being Michael Myers. And then there's sort of like a a team up that happens between him and Michael where like he lures somebody into the sewer so that Michael can, can kill him. And then when he goes to this, uh, the, the doctor's house where the girl who got the promotion over Allison is screwing the doctor, uh, him and Michael Myers are both there and they like tag team kill these people. And for me, that's not my thing. i like, I don't, care like it just is it's odd to me I'm like okay so he's been hiding out in the sewer and now he he grabbed him and as a result of grabbing him he lets him go and now the evil of michael myers is now within Corey, and he's killing the people it just it, to me it's kind of goofy and i don't love the the, the team up aspect of him and Michael Myers <laughs> joining forces, uh, like right. a fucking buddy, buddy cop, buddy killer duo. I don't know. That, like that stuff, it, it, it didn't do it for me. Man, I kind of love that. That's where it goes. All right. So uh, I don't think that there's like a, a supernatural transference of power to a certain degree. It just feels like Michael recognizes himself in this person and releases him because he's like, yeah, this guy's going to fucking like, be like another me therefore like high five uh 
and that's just that's just me uh like because i'm not i'm not a huge fan of supernatural stuff granted uh we have a uh, uh michael myers has been slashed shot and you know he's a supernatural entity to a certain extent and you right. know but uh, i think the film like i understand what you're saying but i think that the movie does itself a disservice with the like like flashing montage that it shows while they're looking at each other's eyes oh to i agree. almost yeah. imply that like something is happening here where like again i agree it's not that like there's a literal like supernatural transference and now like michael's living within him but like you you don't need to have this like flashing uh, montage while he's doing it like he could just let him go and the same thing that you mentioned uh, that, that how you read it so, could still be read like it's I, not I don't, I don't know if like a, a normal audience would would understand why michael myers is releasing him and i understand that 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 i'm i'm saying the audience is stupid and and that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> they're like, too busy taking shits to to realize yeah. what's happening yeah so I, I think there there it, there should be some kind of like visual component to say like why michael is uh not murdering this person wantonly uh as he has done uh so clearly in the past um so that that doesn't bother me um and, and like granted this is based on some real hammy ass dialogue that laurie has delivered and i think <laughs> halloween kills but like the more he kills the more he transcends uh, in awful grandma Jamie Lee Curtis dialogue style that, you know, like, uh, I, right. yeah, it rubs me the entirely the wrong way. Uh, I, I can't deal with it. Um, but it, it's clear that, you know, like Michael Myers has been hurt and is, is he's off into the sewers and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's fed some victims by the, his uh, unhoused steward that, you know, like brings him like, a few people to kill every once in a while to keep him alive. But uh, in Corey, he kind of sees his out almost. He's like, yes, you, you will be another me and, and I'll help you be better. And like all this, like I love stuff like that. Uh, it, like the thing that we're working on together soon is kind of like, like, you know, the uh, somebody who wants to be better and uh, accepts any and to almost do so uh, unwittingly. But like, I, I, I kind of enjoy that. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. And I kind of like that. Uh, the care, the, the core, sorry, the Corey character is a poor Michael Myers. Like he dons the mask, but he can't do the, like the killing the same way. Like he doesn't have like the physical strength. I mean, he, he does basically do the same thing as Michael Myers, other than when it's with Jamie Lee Curtis. And I may be wrong here, but like he pretty swiftly kills like the fucking radio DJ he killed, he dispatches the bullying teens uh, with relative ease, does he not? Like, he, it seems like he kills a whole bunch of people and it's not that right. hard for him. But that's what the, so uh, that's what the vehicle for the, 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 the bully, also marching band, question mark? When did they get to bully people? <laughs> Uh, really turning that uh, tropes on their head here yeah question mark on that one I'm like i've i maybe they're vicious people i don't know but uh anyways that so when he goes to the 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 uh the doctor's office he, he kills the doctor easily because he's kind of like a like a, a sloppy bodied moron like whatever like easy kill but like the the other person like he 
he like fumbles with the glass. He like he can't like get into the house when when she closes the you know the sliding door on him. Like he just like like he, it's not graceful. It's not like a stampeding. It doesn't feel like he's like somebody that like will keep walking towards you regardless of what's in front of him to murder you. Like it doesn't have the same kind of vibe. Uh, that's what I mean when he's like he's like a poor Michael Myers uh, to a certain degree. I think he's like a um an okay Michael Myers. Like yes, he's not Michael Myers in the same sense, but there's not a ton of him struggling to accomplish these things. Oh, again, other than when he goes to see Jamie Lee Curtis at the end of the movie and she swiftly kicks his ass. If you had to rate him out of five, what would you give this this Corey Michael Myers? If Michael Myers is a five, is that the scale? Yeah. A three. Mm, I think it's too high, man. I'll be honest. He, I mean, who doesn't he kill that he's trying to kill? Lori. The one person who's the main character in the movie. Uh, Everyone else is not that the, difficult. The the charge nurse. The charge nurse. Which who's yeah, the charge? So nurse? Uh, the person who is sleeping with the doctor. That is. Oh well, because uh, Michael kills her. Yeah, because they're, they're a team. He's the, he's the legit Michael Myers. He's a five. He's a five. <laughs> yeah. He goes in there and does his business. Then you have Corey, who's just like slapping on the glass like a fucking, like a, a weak baby. It's I like, think it uh, was planned. I think they they knew what they were doing. It's I like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what we're talking about. This movie is wild. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And I think, and maybe I'm wrong here, but when you say it gives a middle finger to people, I feel like that's because they're expecting to come into this movie and see a Michael Myers slasher movie and michael myers really isn't in the movie until like an hour into it yeah do you know what all right so i'll be completely honest um i was half expecting as this movie was going i thought that uh the character of Corey, uh who's played by roan campbell is probably going to get so much hate for this fucking movie and i feel bad about that um i think he's also in the hardy boys which was a uh an ill-fated uh tv series i don't think it's it's well reviewed or maybe i'm wrong i have no idea i feel like that's what i heard uh and because i don't give a shit about the hardy boys i just never looked it up. <laughs> but anyways uh roan campbell uh, hopefully doesn't get too much heat for this film uh the character of Corey. i kind of wanted him to just discover the like like i almost imagine after halloween kills just because i want the movie to be done I, I just like wish like michael myers would have slinked away slinked off and died somewhere and he just like discovers the mask and becomes michael myers and that's like the that's it there's yeah. there's no michael myers it's it's done uh and and rowan campbell by virtue of being ostracized uh you know by this town goes against the town uh that's that's the at the like the halfway point that's what i thought we were gonna get um, and i think that that's I mean, in theory, maybe I'm thinking this in an execution, I wouldn't, but I think that that's an interesting concept. And I think that had they gone fully down that road, I wouldn't have faulted the movie as much. But I think that this movie wants to go that route and then is like, but we still got to give the people the Michael Myers stuff with Jamie Lee Curtis. So, you know, uh, here's that as well. So uh, I I know we can't like give grace to people uh, for the movie that they wanted to make versus what was actually made. And I believe this has been like reshot and recut based on test screenings. And I'm curious if that is like the initial intention, maybe 
Um, and yeah, I, maybe I, 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 mean, no I could definitely see that because this feels like a movie where it could be a studio meddling to be like, you know what? The, the, the audience is, they want Michael Myers. That's the biggest thing is they leave this and they think, you know, where were the Michael Myers, you know, killing scenes that they they're so accustomed to that's why they come to a halloween movie to watch michael myers kill people so give them michael myers i can hate people they're like we want to go see that that the the furtive glances exchanged by jamie lee curtis and michael myers on that poster (laughs) see that film like oh man this the i'm just i'm looking at the poster right now and it's making me angry like who who i want to meet the person who did this and just slap them in the face like can you go on IMDb and just look at the poster for me? Oh, I looked at it when you mentioned it on the letterbox, and I, it's just silly. Yeah, it, it should have. You know what? It should have been Corey and Michael Myers back to back, just like the, the double team poster with Jean Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Hell yeah! Good reference. Good idea. <laughs> no notes. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, I. I mean, like, I. I. I want to. I do want to watch this again. Um, I only watched this once, and then and. As I mentioned, the crowd was wild, which made it a little bit hard to focus on the film itself. But I had a good time. I liked I liked Horny Allison, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's. Uh, there's like a weird, almost like Gilmore Girls kind of vibe going on between Laurie Allison <laughs> that I appreciated. Uh, I was down for that. I, I, I prefer the less dour Laurie uh, than you got in Halloween 2018. I love the relationship stuff. I love the Corey stuff. Like... Well, let's talk about how this, you know, it's called Halloween Ends. Let's talk about how Halloween ends. How does it Um, end, Mitch? Well, it ends with a showdown. So we mentioned that Corey fails when he comes to try and kill Lori. uh, And she does the, uh, you know, she she flips it on him. She pretends like she's about to kill herself. And then she shoots him and he falls down the stairs and then she stabs him, right? And, uh, and then, yeah, so she fucks him up. Allison comes home to see Lori with the knife in her hand. And much like any, uh, good. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I got to back you up here. Corey does the power, power, the big dick move of stabbing himself in the neck. Right, right. So he, she doesn't stab him. He stabs himself. Yes. And then she. To turn Allison against Lori. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because he knew she was about to walk up the stairs uh, and find Lori, who would have taken the knife out and not explained anything and just dropped the knife and cried because don't explain what happened, just cry and make it look like you're guilty. That's, That's the life. Rule. That's yeah. life. Um, and then Michael shows up, shockingly. Um, and they have, you know, their their fight, their, the final showdown between Lori and Michael, uh, which culminates in... Uh, her basically pinning him to, is it her kitchen island? Um, yeah. uh, with knives. And then she slits his throat uh, and bleeds him out. But he's not dead yet. Uh, after, uh, you know, 30 seconds of bleeding out from his neck, uh, he's not dead. Uh, and, you know, lunges at her again. And then she pins him down again. And this time she's like, fuck you. I'm going to slit your wrist so that you bleed out that way. Um, and then I think he's dead, or do they stab him a bunch more times? I can't remember. Uh, so at this, I th- they stab him a few more times. I think I love the, the slitting Michael, Michael's wrist. I, I was like, man, this is fucking wild shit we're seeing right now. Uh, they strap him to a vehicle, and there's like a weird funeral procession for Michael Myers to somehow like 
reunite the town. Like the the villain of this town is about to die, and they they this weird funeral procession with Michael Myers splayed over the top of uh, a vehicle uh, is brought to the junkyard uh, where uh, we haven't really talked about it, but Corey's uh, father. Uh, owns a junkyard. Uh, it's where Corey works because you can't get a job elsewhere, presumably. Uh, and there's a like uh, a metal grinder that they, you know, it, one of those things with like the, it, 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 it just chews up metal and spits out little little parts. Uh, and they throw Michael Myers into that. It's it's the you know to allow the town to finally heal after the the wounds of Michael Myers uh, have been you know inflicting them for years there it's basically you know lori has been uh, a victim of this beyond just the actual attacks with people being upset with her and calling her a freak and whatever and blaming her for their uh interactions with michael myers and clearly there's been a black cloud over haddonfield as a result of this and this seems to be the the purpose of it is to bring everyone together and say he's finally gone we can lift this black cloud off of us and move on with our lives here. Um, yeah. And unless I miss something, there's no like the fake out. Like it's not like, uh, then we see Michael Myers, uh, hand come out of the, the, the rubbish, uh, or the, the garbage pile, uh, like, uh, super shredder in Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing like that. It's just, He's gone. The end. Bye bye, Michael. Is that correct? Or was there a fake out I missed? No, that's correct. Uh, there's no fake out. Uh, I, I believe this is correct, uh, but the Blumhouse only owns the rights for three films. So this is it. The rights revert back to uh, the Akkads, uh, and they can continue making more movies that question uh, any understanding of what a timeline is. Um, yeah. yes. So, uh, here we are. Uh, I like this. Uh, it's, uh, better than Halloween kills. It's hard to understand in the context of a oddball trilogy. Um, but if I were to, to just take it on its own, I think this is the movie that I'd probably rewatch the most out of all three of them. Uh, controversial opinion, maybe, but fuck yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love any of these the movies in this trilogy. Um, but if if I were to say which one I liked the most and which one I would go back to, it's it's the first one, and I think it's because it 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 carries on the story. And and like I mentioned before, and I'll give credit to uh, critic uh, Dan Merle is is who I list, was listening to his review, and he he talked about this. But it seems like. For the sort of your average audience who's somewhat familiar with the story or wants to see it continue, the the final showdown between Laurie and Michael is sort of what they've been waiting for because like they've gotten it, but then you get another movie and and blah 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 blah, which is why the uh, why the it could be one movie in my opinion because I don't think that as a trilogy it really works very well. Um, and so for me, it's give me that first movie, but let it end with how this movie ended. And then you've pretty much you've, you've done what you you set out to do and you, you've had the movie. We got the sequel. You had the conclusion. 
the end. We didn't have to sort of veer off in other weird directions and come back around to it in an odd way where it's like, well, we want to go this way, but the studio thinks we need to do this. So let's just finish it this way. Um, I just think it's a sort of a, a meandering mess as a trilogy, which is why I think it's better served as one movie that just finishes the story. Uh, but that's my probably also unpopular opinion. And also I'll probably never watch any of these again. <laughs> what a power move. Here are my opinions. <laughs> also fuck these movies. Um, I, I, I still stand by the fact that I think the, the intro of Halloween kills of Michael escaping uh, time jump in the second film, further explore the characters i feel like i'm making a drama for the second film entirely but i don't even care because i really like i do think where it goes is interesting i just think it needs to be earned and in order to do that you have to develop Um, i think you need to to do a topher grace and cut all three of these movies into one long movie i want to see you take that on Stefan. all right let's make this happen uh maybe in the winter we'll see we'll see what i don't know (laughs) no please don't you there's there's enough things that you have to do on your plate uh please don't also take this on as a as a side project maybe in the i i think i think it is a good idea maybe we should try to tackle it at some point you started it i'm finishing it yeah (laughs) all right uh yeah i I think there's stuff to do here like man there's stuff that i would love to have been the editor on for the first film like there's like there's weird stuff that i've like, you just cut this it's so much better then there's stuff that they've cut that i think deserves to be included that i find frustrating um i don't know it, like I, I think some of this is like i do think there's a value in in test screening a film because it can make smart decisions that you maybe you know you're too close to the subject in order for yourself to make then there's the other situation where the audience is kind of fucking stupid half the time and you're to listen to them is a disservice to your film, uh, depending on who you get in your test screening. Uh, yeah. so there you go. Uh, I have a low value of audiences half the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, downbeat yeah. ending for our Halloween episode. <laughs> Well, hopefully, uh, if you if you stuck it out, you've you found some uh, some value or your relation to to either Stefan's thoughts or, or my thoughts here. Uh, and and if you did listen to it, share with us your thoughts. Uh, I'd be curious to to chat and hear what other people think about this movie. Maybe there are some diehard Halloween fans who have some strong opinions on it, or maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, just reach out to Mitch at four one six. What am I just talking to? <laughs> oh no no, no. i'd be curious to know people's thoughts you know what i do appreciate is the fact that like if somebody didn't like it they can they can enjoy the the venting experience with you and they can hate on me or alternatively like the reverse where they can be like i i i also thought this was better than halloween kills and had a good time i don't know i I, there's there's value in 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 both opinions uh and the there's anything we can agree on the this trilogy has been a fucking weird nightmare of (laughs) definitely uh but anyways uh we uh definitely hope you all have a happy halloween i've I've literally nothing else i'm running on fumes here man all right well let's uh let's wrap this up and uh i guess we'll We'll wait and see what our next movie is going to be that we cover. Yeah. Uh, 
I think we're going to finally do the, yeah, let's just, I'll commit. We're going to do the Greasy Strangler next, uh, which is okay. a movie that I think only I enjoy and nobody else likes. You're going to for sure hate your time, Mitch. I, I don't see you liking it. I've already said that for some reason I hate the title of this movie. It just, I, I already know, just hearing the title, that this is a movie that I'm not going to enjoy. The Greasy Strangler. So get pumped for, for that, uh, listener. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh what a weird time uh what a weird time yeah. to be alive uh but yeah happy halloween and for now let's just say goodbye bye bye, bye.